Welcome to the Resonate Church Podcast. We are glad you are joining us. Before we get into this week's message, we would like to remind you to follow us on Instagram or visit weareresonate.ca. Enjoy this week's message. How do I forgive? This is one of the ones that we've not seen in any of our You Asked For It series before. How do I forgive? This one stands out as a unique question, sort of a 2021 question in many ways. Because I think we all realize there are some things welling up in our hearts that we're just not really sure what to do with. And I was moved by the words that many of you wrote down on the cards. Uh, Someone asked the question and say, how do I know if I have forgiven? They've been through something and they feel like they've forgiven, but they just don't know. Is it still there? Is there more to do? How do I know if I've forgiven? Another person wrote of a decades-old hurt and they said, I know I haven't forgiven. And then some words that stood out again and were so moving to me were, were someone who said, when will I forgive? Because I'm just so tired of carrying it. And so over the next several weeks, we're going we're gonna to press into all the different questions. Today, we're pressing into the question of forgiveness. How do we know if we've forgiven? What does forgiveness look like? I'm thankful we can go to God's word to discover this. Really, here it is. The most radical claim of Christianity is forgiveness. The most radical claim of Christianity is that God does not just forgive good people or what you would define as good people. We all have some sort of measurement is what we think a good person would look like. And it might not be surprising to you that God would forgive good people. But the radical claim of Jesus Christianity is that God forgives everyone who comes to God in faith. And if that's the case, forgiveness is not an event and it's not an emotion. Forgiveness is the very character of God. And if that's the case, come on, Jesus followers, then this room ought to be the most forgiving place in the world. Teaching our kids forgiveness is not the easiest thing. The concepts of I'm sorry, I forgive you. I remember when Alencia, our middle daughter, when she was littler, she's still little, still got her cute going on. And, but when she was littler and she was sitting in that high chair, she would all of a sudden get that look in her eyes that said, I want to test a limit. Come on, you know the look. She would put something on the spoon. You've seen this. If you've ever seen a kid in a high chair, you've seen this. She would put something on the spoon, and all of a sudden, the spoon would extend beyond the limit of the tray. And the look on her face would be, this is so disgusting. How dare you think that I was going to put this in my mouth and keep it there. And, it, and she's holding over the edge of the train. And there's a parent, you scream, don't do it! Which in the pa- history of parenting has never worked. And if it has worked for you, we got a small group. We got some small group leader training. We'd love for you to run on parenting. Just sign up now. Run it in January. We need to hear from you. All of a sudden, the spoon would drop. It would hit the floor. That was the two girls. But then we had a boy. <laughs> Suddenly, the spoon was no longer a part of this thing. You knew it was about to go down when Wyland would just take the food out of the bowl and spread it over the tray. Come on, you know what I'm talking about. A dad of three boys right here smiling in the front row. You knew it was about to get crazy when Wyland would then put his hands into the mush. Get that little grin in his face. You know what I'm talking about. And all of a sudden, just start shaking it everywhere all over. We have had to repaint the ceiling above our dining room table 
come on, it's, it's real. The struggle in our house is real. And you get to the end of those moments and you want to try and teach a kid something. And so you'd say, okay, say, say I'm sorry. And every kid is a little bit different. We had one of our kids that always, just, when you say, say I'm sorry, she just goes, mm-hmm. Yeah, anybody get the hummers? Yeah. No, say I'm sorry. Mm-hmm. No, like, I'm going to have to say sorry in a minute for what's going to happen to you, child, if you don't say I'm sorry. And you say, you say that and it's say, I, I forgive you. And I remember Avia, she, she would always say back to me, I forgive you too, daddy. And I'm like, that's your food on the floor. You don't forgive me for nothing, child. The whole point of the story is that from a young age, the concept of forgiveness, it's difficult to grasp. It's not just something that we automatically get. Your kids weren't born knowing I'm sorry and I forgive you. It's something that is outside of our natural instinct desires of our heart. And it's something that comes and flows to us from God. And what I want us to see today as we talk about forgiveness, of course, is the simple truth that all of us have to forgive. No one will go through this life without having to get better at forgiveness on an ongoing perpetual basis. Some of you have been through more than others. Last week I met someone who is at our church for the very first time and she told me some stories of abuse so horrific. I honestly don't know if I've ever heard of abuse like I heard about at the end of the service last week as my heart was grieved. Some people have been through things that are so beyond what we can even imagine. It's true. And today's message is not to minimize the pain. In fact, it's to get us to God's goal for our lives to be free of the pain. I believe that all of us are called to an ongoing work and walk of growing in our ability to forgive. And that's why Ephesians 4 says it this way. Well, let all bitterness and wrath and anger and clamor and slander talk about some words. And everyone in the room just thought, that's for, that's for, my, that's for my cousin. That's for my uncle. But here's the truth of all that. Watch this. Let bitterness, wrath, anger, clamor, slander be put away from you. Oh, and then he's like, I forgot one, along with all malice. You know what I mean? It's like, there's still some more. And here, notice that there is no if statement in the scripture. Notice that the Apostle Paul does not write to the church in Ephesus and say, hey, if you've got some bitterness and slander, then you're going to need to go ahead and put that away. If you've got a little malice, go ahead and put that away. He doesn't say if because he understands he's talking to Christians. We all got it, and you all need to put it away. You know what I'm saying? Bitterness lives in us. Anger lives in us. Slander, I mean, we might want to hide it. We might just cover it over with God bless them, and then we say it. You know what I'm saying? We might want to pretend it's not there, but there's no if statement. You can be a follower of Jesus and still hold on to hurt. You can be a follower of Jesus and still have these things come out of our mouths. And even if they don't come out of our mouths, they can still live in our hearts. But the Apostle Paul goes on and tells us what God actually wants for us. And it's that we would be kind to one another, tenderhearted, forgiving one another. And here is, of course, the crux of the message, as God in Christ forgave you. And so let's pray because that's what we need. We need the revelation that God forgave us so that we're going to be able to take another step in growing in forgiveness. Some of y'all, when I started to talk about forgiveness, you were like, how close am I to the back of the room? (laughs) How many people do I have to get out of this row so I don't have to hear this message? I don't think I'm ready to forgive. Come on, let's ask the Holy Spirit to come and help us. God, thank you that today's message is really right at the heart of Jesus' Christianity. 
that you forgive and that you have forgiven us. And so God, I pray that your Holy Spirit, I actually know God that your Holy Spirit is already in this room and this message will not be about my words. It won't be about some pithy statements or thoughts. God, this is about the Holy Spirit doing some heart surgery in his church today. And so I open my heart. We open our hearts. Come on, if you're opening your heart, just say, God, I'm ready to hear your word today in Jesus' name. And everybody said, amen, amen. Well, for the next few minutes, I wanna talk about five steps on a journey towards forgiveness. This is what the writer of Hebrews said when it comes to forgiveness. Let go of every wound that has pierced you. And this is fascinating language and imagery, this thought of being pierced. It's, it's, quite, it's quite graphic, actually, the imagery. Everything that has pierced you. Imagine like an arrow just piercing your leg. And, and what the Bible is saying, what the writer right here is saying is that if we are going to forgive, then we're going to have to figure out a way to get rid of the arrow. If we're going we're gonna to let go, well, we've got to deal with the arrow. And, and, and why? Because it's only then that you're going to be able to run life's marathon race. So God has a race for you. He has designed a path for you. There is a purpose for your life. And God needs you to run, but we've all got arrows stuck in our legs. And the writer is saying, hey, we're going to have to figure out how to deal with the arrows so that you can run the race that God has marked out for you. And so I want to talk about five ways to get rid of the arrow. Come on, somebody, take some notes today. You're going to need some notes on these. And you might get a little bit quiet, and that's okay. We're talking about forgiveness. I was expecting it. I might throw in a little, like, hee-haw right every now and then. But this one's a heavy one, you know. And, and so take some notes. Five steps to removing the arrow. Each one of these we're going to see in the life of a man named Joseph. And we talked about Joseph just a couple weeks ago. Yeah, we're going to circle back again to his life because his life is really one of the great pictures in the Bible of how we walk a journey of forgiveness. And what I love about the Joseph forgiveness story is that Joseph does not start out wanting to forgive. He doesn't start out in a place where it is easy to forgive. In fact, we're going to see some of ourselves in Joseph. And if you don't know much about the Joseph story, Joseph had to endure three of the toughest wounds that you could ever face in this journey on planet Earth. Talk about the wounds that we get hit with, the arrows that pierce us. Joseph had three of the big ones. Number one, the wounds of family. The people who were supposed to be there for you, who were supposed to care for you, who were supposed to be on your side, whether it's family, mom, dad, friends, brothers, sisters, those that were supposed to be with you in the fight, abandoning you. He had that, the first one, as he is sold into slavery. But then it didn't stop there for Joseph. He also had to face lies and gossip. His boss's wife saying some stuff about him that he never did. And so not only did he have the wounds of family, but then he had lies and gossip going on. And then he had the third wound, and that was some stuff being taken away from him. As he would spend years of his life sitting in a jail cell, years of his life taken away. You ever had something taken away? You ever faced that one? I remember when we were six months into Resonate Church. Pastor Troy knows where I'm going with this one. When on a Sunday morning... I woke up, and at 5.45, I got a text that said, the truck and trailer are missing. Come on, how many were around six months in, and the truck and trailer? You know what I love about Resonate Church is that, like, four people put up their hands. Come on, God has moved and done some great things since then. Beck is laughing. I, I think you worship-led Beck with, like, I don't know what it was. I know Dan. Where's Dan? Dan, Dan I think we just put, a, a, like, a cardboard box on the stage that Dan was banging on with some, you know, some 
Some, I think he still had drumsticks, but we had, we had like one microphone. It was the truck and trailer had been sold. I went out that afternoon. I performed a wedding for um, one of the families in our church, the Jennings. Their daughter got married. And when I finished the ceremony at Swanee Set, I checked my phone and, and I got a text that said, I just drove by the Resonate truck and trailer. They were, this person was in mission. I see you. I know that the person who drove by is down in the front. I'm not going to expose who it was. They, they were in mission, and so you don't want to be embar- No, I'm just not going to go there. Uh, <laughs> I forgot about the online thing for a minute there. Um, if you're in mission, <laughs> you really are our mission, and we're so glad. Hmm. So I got in the car because we weren't that far from mission and we raced over to where the truck, I called the police, I, I called, I was like, I get to dial 911. It's like, I've waited my whole life. Let's go, 911. I have an emergency. My truck and trailer have been stolen and it's off on the side of the road. And the people that found the truck and trailer told me that they saw someone in the truck. And so 911 was legit. Like there's someone, that, they're ready to drive off. We got to get there. And I, I got there before the police did. I wasn't, you know, okay, I was driving fast. And we got there before the police did, and it was us, me and Rachel, and our kids, and we're sitting there, and I'm like, I don't think I should go up to the vehicle. I think I should wait for the police. I'm unarmed, but I am tough, but I don't know. It's like that back and forth. Do I go? Do I not go? And because we had the kids, trust me, I would have gone if it was just me, but because we had the kids, we stayed back at a safe distance. The really weird thing was that another car pulled up and pulled up beside us, and we did not know this person. I was pretty sure this was the guy that came to warn the guy that there was some people there, and I'm like, what goes down? Why is he stopped here? I have this vivid imagery in my mind. The whole thing, you guys were still there. I think you came back, and we were all just like, what's gonna go down? The police come, and sure enough, they're, like they laid down, they laid down the, you know, like you, if you're, you're gonna drive away the, what do you call it? Spike belt. They laid down the spike belt, and I'm like, oh, it's about to go down. They got the dogs out. I'm like, it's about to go down. And this thing rose up inside of me. Come on. We're talking about forgiveness. Let's be honest. This thing rose up inside of me that said, I hope he runs. I hope he runs. I hope he runs. I want to see clubbing. I want to see the dog biting. I want to see the tire. What was it called? I want to see the spike belt. I want to see it all go down. Payback. Jesus help us. <laughs> Police went and they opened the door. Sure enough, there's a guy there with a weapon. They took the weapon away from him, put him in the back of the cop car, and um, they asked me if I would go and see if I knew this person. So there I am. I'm about to be face-to-face with the person who's taken some things from me. And I have this, like, you know, like Home Alone, the end of Home Alone, where they put the guys in the back of the cop car, and then Kevin smiles like suckers, you know. <laughs> I'm working on that smile as I walk up, like, what's up? Who's tough now, you know? You don't know who I am, and I'm not telling you my name. Who's tough now? Oh, wait, Resonate Church. It's on the band. Uh, maybe I'll go easy. As I was walking up, I felt like God spoke to my heart and just said, forgive him. I'm like, Lord, he hadn't done He hasn't done his time. The trailer's empty. He took everything. Forgive him. Now, none of us start at that place. We start at, pull out the, what was it called? Anyways, we start at the spike belt. Thank you. Joseph starts at the spike belt. 
And he starts in this place where his heart is not ready to forgive. We're going to jump into his story and see these first few steps. The first step he had to do on the journey of forgiveness was Joseph had to notice the issue was still in his heart. Here we go. We'll jump into the scripture. Verse uh, 1 of Genesis 45 said, Joseph could not control himself before all those who stood by. So he's seen his brothers that sold him into slavery. He's seen them again, and he's been all stoic, like He's no sign. They don't know that it's Joseph, and he's not letting anything out. But all of a sudden, he cries and says, make everyone go out from me. So no one stayed with them. And when Joseph made himself known to his brothers, he wept aloud. So the Egyptians heard, and the household of Pharaoh heard it. And what I want us to see is before Joseph gets to forgiveness, before Joseph gets to that place where he's able to let go, he had to see that there was still a wound there. And there's this moment he comes face to face with the issues inside of his heart and he screams and he cries so loud that the Bible says like the nation heard it. Pharaoh's household heard it. He became aware that there was still something in his heart. And and I say that so that we can understand. Yeah, you understand the wound that happened, but you might have forgotten and not seen the way that it's still impacting your present. So step number one is to notice. I have a friend who about this time a year ago we started a conversation, and, and he, he was processing through this really strange thought that was just gripping him whenever he would walk into a room full of people. And he's a strong leader, a pastor somewhere else in, in North America. And whenever he would walk into a room, he would hear this thought that said, you don't belong here. And it was fascinating to me because I'm like, bro, you're one of the best leaders I've ever met. I mean, you're... How could you walk into a room and hear, you don't belong here? And we, we were talking about this over a series of several conversations, and it was, you don't belong here, and nobody wants you here, that he kept hearing on repeat. As he walked into rooms with hundreds of people that, that were there to follow his life as he followed Jesus. So he pressed into the question, well, why is this happening? And, and he told me a story about when he was six years old. Well, my friend, and I've asked for his permission to share this story, of course, and you know I always do. When my friend was six years old, his dad drank a lot, would get drunk regularly and come home and threaten my friend and his mom and his siblings. One day at six years old, he went to sleep at night. His mom woke him up in the middle of the night, took him in his pajamas, put him in his car seat and went for a drive, drove to the bar where his dad was. At six years old, his mom sent him in by himself and wearing his pajamas, looking up at the man who should have been protecting him, he heard these words, what are you doing here? You don't belong here. Here he is 35 years later in his journey, feeling like he's been able to run the race that God has called him to and all of a sudden noticing there's an arrow that's slowing me down that I have not yet fully dealt with. And so that's the opening question for us today in step number one of this five-part journey towards forgiveness. Where's the arrow in your life? What's still there? What's still stuck? Every single one of us, there's, there's some sort of arrow that's slowing us down. Step number one is to notice where's the pain of my past impacting my present. Well, we get to a second step. We see it again in the life of Joseph. We've kind of already hinted at this step. I'll read it from Genesis 42, verse 7. Remember, his brothers have come for food to Egypt, and they don't know that Joseph is now second in command in the country. 
And when Joseph, it says, saw his brothers and recognized them, he treated them like strangers and spoke roughly to them. This is step number two of the journey of getting rid of the arrow. And it's to surrender our right to pay back. If step number one is to notice, we've got to surrender our right to pay back because just like Joseph, you and I, you might not want to get them back fully, but it's 2020, 2021, and at some point, you wanted something to happen to someone. Come on, somebody, you know, you know. It's like 96% of you thought, I don't want them, like a little COVID, not too much, but just like a little, don't laugh in church. I'm telling you, you laugh and it's you. I'm telling you, it's like, no, it's, it, you didn't think that. No, but you want some, like not the worst. I don't want it to be the most terrible thing that could ever happen. But I spoke roughly to them. I just, you know what I mean? He doesn't like, he's not trying to sell them into slavery. He's just like, you can't get any food here. I love, I love this. Because there's a little bit of Joseph in you. A little bit of Joseph in me. We think that before we can be free of the arrow that they shot, that they need to get an arrow. God's plan for your life is not to be shooting arrows at the person who shot arrows, but actually to be dealing with the one that got you. That's God's plan for you and I. Step number one is to notice that there is an arrow. Step number two is to give up my right to fire one back. That's why the writer of Romans says it this way. Never hold a grudge or try to get even. Beloved, don't be obsessed with taking revenge. Leave that to God. Never, for never ever, hold a grudge or try to get even. Step number two, I'm gonna surrender my right to pay back. Well, that brings us to step number three. Genesis 50 verse 20 says this, as for you, this is the famous line Joseph says to his brothers when he reveals to them who he is. He says, as for you, you meant evil against me, but God, God put back some good. Step number three is to pray to ask God to put back what the enemy tried to take from your heart. Rach and I, we run this thing called Freedom, Freedom Small Groups. We've got five Freedom Small Groups going right now, and it's, it's beautiful. There's a lot of people in our church going through Freedom right now. We, we do this. It's one of the best things we do as a church. If you've never done it, at some point in your Resonate journey, I would encourage you to join a Freedom Group. Now, when we used to run Freedom, we would eventually get to this place where we would lead people through a process of forgiveness. And what we would do is we would pray to forgive and then ask God to put back into their hearts what the enemy tried to steal. But what we realized the more we did it was, no, that step actually needs to come first. God puts back into our hearts and out of that place, we're able to then forgive. The third step is to actually pray and say, here's a, here's a sample model prayer of what this could look like. God, I come to you today humbly as your son or as your daughter. God, thank you that you are a good Father, and I can see where the enemy has tried to rob some things from me. I can see where I'm carrying around the arrow of a family wound. I can see where I'm carrying around the arrow of some things being taken away from me. I can see it, and I've surrendered my right to pay back, but God, I need you to fill my heart. This is that part where we need God to move. We need God to fill us. You see, it wasn't just the wound that happened. It was what the enemy wanted to do in our hearts. And you'll notice in Joseph's story, what gets put back in his life is not actually what got taken. He didn't get the years back that he spent in jail. 
He didn't get the family wound totally removed from his life. No, it still happened. The issue was still there. People had still talked behind his back. Those impacts did not go away. What changed was not Joseph's past. What changed was his future. Joseph didn't get those things put back, but God put some things in his heart. Joseph said, God's been doing good right here. God's been putting good inside of me, and it's, it's not what got taken, but God is filling me with good. And it's from that place, once we've noticed and we've surrendered our right to pay back, and God has put back good in our hearts, that we finally get to step number four, where we pray to forgive. This is where we say, God, this is where the, as God in Christ forgave you comes in. This is where we say, God, thank you that every time I have messed up, you've forgiven me. Every single time that I have let you down, God, you forgave me. And so God, I know what happened, I've noticed it, I've surrendered that right, and now God, out of, the, out of what you've put in my heart, in fact, you forgiving me, I choose to forgive all of it, let it go. I wanna let you know that sometimes, I've seen it now in church ministry and leadership, sometimes God will do a miracle and it's instantaneous and you know, God just set me free like that. For most of us, it's a journey, and you'll have to repeat back to it and loop back to it and let go of more and notice where there's still an impact. And you might say, why do I have to do it multiple times? Why should I have to go through that process and that prayer again and again and notice it and release it to God? And it's because God is doing something inside of you that is far better than what got taken away from you. God, I'm going to let it go, and I'm going to choose to forgive, and I'm going to choose to pray that prayer. And and as I said, it might not be a one-time thing. It might be a journey, but come on, we're on the journey together. Now, that's four steps, and we're kind of at what would seem to be the last spot where I'm praying to forgive. But there is still a fifth step. And it's this. It's to be open to reconciliation. Now, let's be clear. Forgiveness and reconciliation are not the same thing. You don't have to do life with the people that hurt you. You don't have to go running looking for that relationship to be restored. But once we have forgiven, here's how you know you're at the end of that forgiveness journey. Once you know that you would be able to say, God, if you asked me to, I would give love and blessing. He might not ask you to, and that's fine. You might not need to go to that person. In fact, I, I would say in, in a lot of cases, if this is someone who's significantly wounded you, you cannot go into that conversation expecting to get a sorry. You can't go into that conversation expecting to be given back what got taken from you. You can only go into that conversation having something to give because of what God did inside of you. So circling back to my friend, we prayed together for him to be able to release this thing that he was carrying around in his heart. And it was, it was really beautiful. It felt like a profound God moment together as we prayed and we followed up and it was like, yeah, I'm, God's just really set my heart free and I'm feeling, I'm feeling freer than I've felt before. And a few weeks later, he sent me a text and he said, hey, uh, I think I'm gonna, I need to go have a conversation with my dad. I didn't realize this part of the story that actually the reason he felt that he needed to go to his dad was that time was of the essence. His dad was in hospital and he didn't know how much time his dad had to live. The relationship had been broken. He hadn't talked to his dad in a very long time. But he walked into a hospital room, not to get something, but having been given something by God, he walked into that room to give love and blessing. I was anxiously wondering how it was going to go. He sent me a text after the hospital visit, and he said, bro, 
dude. This is the kind of friend he was. This is like a dude friend. You know your dude friends. Dude, I just led my dad to Jesus. The end of the journey is not always the home alone ending. Everyone doesn't gather back up in the household and throw Christmas. It's not always the end of the journey. But the end of the journey is, God, you've so blessed my life. You took the mess. You forgave me. But God didn't stop with forgiveness with you. He gave you love. He gave you blessing. And so I might not need to reconcile this relationship, but I do need to be open to say, God, if you ever asked me to, my heart is open to reconciliation. Here's it in Joseph's story, Genesis 50, verse 21. Remember how he told his brothers they couldn't have any food? I didn't even tell you this passive-aggressive move he did where, like, he knew the one thing they couldn't do is go back to their dad without their next youngest in line, Benjamin. And he took some, he took some stolen stuff and shoved it into Benjamin's backpack and tracked them down and was like, y'all suckers, I'm taking Benjamin. And that's like, that's a moderate paraphrase. You might want to read it yourself. But he goes from Joseph's heart, a little bit of payback. Watch this. This is the last line of the story. He speaks to his brothers and he says this, do not fear. That thing that you put me through and I was afraid in the pit, yeah, I'm not going to give you that back. No, do not fear because I'm going to provide for you and your little ones. Thus he comforted them and spoke kindly to them. So God, I thank you, Lord. I thank you, Lord, for this question that your church is asking that is so close to your heart. We're asking the question, God, because we know it's the most radical claim that you make, that you forgive us and that you forgive people that we don't even define as good people. And so, God, we want more of your heart. I love that your church is asking for more of your heart. And today, God, all across this room, we say, God, give us more of your heart. Oh, that same way that you forgave me, God, help me to forgive. I just feel like right now there's someone in the room and you've thought time would heal the wound and today God's just saying to your heart, time does not heal arrows. Thank you for joining us. A special thanks to those that give generously to our ministry. It is because of you that this ministry is possible. If you would like to give, visit weareresonate.ca. You will find all the ways to support us there. We invite you to subscribe and share this podcast by taking a screenshot and sharing it on your social stories and tagging at We Are Resonate Church. Thanks again for listening and God bless you.